turn to Psalm 8 this morning. Psalm 8, so glad you have uh, joined us and you are here uh, with us. Let me just uh, mention, we had uh, talked about um, you know, our, our Afghan uh, refugee bringing in gifts. Uh, let me encourage you, if you haven't had time to go out, you can either go to the church app or you can give uh, uh, on the uh, stage at the end, or you can go to the, the website if you're online, uh, you can give uh, online as well. And if you give, if you go to our giving uh, site, uh, there's a drop down, and under Philippian Fund, that's our benevolent fund. Everything that comes in September, we're going to use uh, for our uh, refugee uh, help there. So you can, uh, if you don't have time to go to the store, you are welcome to give to the Philippian Fund there, and uh, we are, are glad we can help out. Uh, many people have uh, special needs at this time. Well, go ahead. As I said, turn to Psalm 8. And uh, today I'm going to begin a new series. I'm uh, glad that you have joined us. If you're online, thank you so much for uh, being with us today as well. It's a topic this year is uh, uh, I've been planning out the schedule. I thought, man, I'm really looking forward to the fall as we talk about this subject, because I believe this subject can be life-changing. There's a lot of practical application. And uh, uh, I've titled this series, What is Man? Uh, we're looking at the doctrine of man. And uh, that word is anthropology. Christia thought anthropology didn't sound uh, like a, a very inspiring topic. She said it reminded her of cavemen or, uh, you know, archaeology or those kind of studies as well. Garrett said, why don't we call it you to man? You know, that was his idea, but uh, I guess I, I'm not as cool. So I'm just going to use this little phrase, uh, what is man this morning? Uh, maybe thoughts, as I said, uh, when you think of anthropology, you think about uh, these ideas, archaeology or statistics, or in school you studied biology and sociology and ethnicity, talking about culture. But when it comes to the Bible, this subject, when we talk about man, we're talking about creation, the value of man because he's created in the image of God, the fall of man. Uh, marriage and parenting and current life issues, how we deal with things. We're going to be talking about where did we come from, why am I here, where am I going, and why do we do what we do? Have you ever wondered with any, like, what causes me to do these things? Well, Psalm 8-4 says this, what is man? Since I'm very original, that's the topic I chose for our series. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him. We're going to deal with some uh, psychological aspects, talk a little bit about counseling, counseling type issues as we consider what am I and who am I? Am I more than an animal? Am I more than my passions? Am I more than my DNA and my reactions to stimuli, my actions and behaviors? Can I choose or are things just determined in life? How do I relate to others? Is there a spiritual unseen aspect that's within me and that's in this world? All these topics uh, come into play that hopefully we can do a decent job of, of uh, looking at throughout this fall. And we're going to conclude this series and it'll be Thanksgiving. We turn around, have Christmas, and we're into 2022. And we'll think, what happened to 2021, right? And uh, I'm kind of wondering that already. The idea that I, I want us to get across this morning is the aspect of our worldview. How do you perceive the world? Before we can really talk about mankind, before we can really deal with us, there's a higher view that I think is important for us 
to come to. We're, we're going to see it in uh, the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings in just a minute. Our perspective of the way we look at things. Do you remember a couple years ago, there was a little sound that went around and people said, did it say Yanni or did it say Laurel? And everyone had a different perspective. Or there was a dress. Uh, it was either black and blue or gold and white and everybody had a differing idea. We could look at optical illusions and people see different things through them. It's our perspective. You see, the, the way I view the world, my perspective, my worldview, my understanding, it's developed from the time we're born, or really even before that. In our upbringing, our heritage, our culture, our ethnicity, the atmosphere that is around us. If you're married, you had a very different uh, upbringing than your spouse, more than likely. The experiences of life, the opportunities and the traumas of life, and the way we respond to them. Two people can have uh, great crises in their life, but respond very differently. Our education, our training, our morals, our, our beliefs, our uniqueness, the personality that God gave us, the way we are self-aware, uh, and it's, I think it's very important that we become self-aware, understanding who we are. That's a part uh, of what it means to be a human. Our spiritual us, our religion, do we believe in eternity or is everything temporal? Do we believe there is good and evil or is everything just neutral? All these things come together to, over time to develop culture. We need to back up from our raising though and we start with theology. What does God have to say about who he is and who we are? That turns into our personal philosophy and that philosophy turns into our lifestyle practical application. You see, I, I grew up in a Christian home. I went to church all my life, but I, I went to public school. I grew up in Northern Virginia, so uh, I went to Fairfax County Schools, and uh, they were known to be very good schools, but also very liberal in their uh, teaching as well. And, and I thought, you know, I knew the Bible. I had grown up, knew all these stories. But in my 20s, I realized that I had a very... Um, secular worldview. I had a lot of Bible verses and Bible stories in my head, but the way I viewed the world was what I was taught more in the experiences that I had growing up in school and my friends and my neighborhood. I started reading the book of Proverbs. It radically changed my life. I began to understand what the Bible was about and began to live consistently in my faith and my life was transformed. Our theme verse for this year is John 8, 32, and it says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We want to talk about uh, truth as we move into this series, and uh, where do we start with truth? Well, God's word is truth, and notice how the Bible begins in Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, tell me the next word. I think I heard you online as well, so good. In the beginning, God. This is how the Bible starts. God doesn't try to prove himself. He doesn't defend himself. He just states, I'm here. God is the creator of everything. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, we did a series a couple years ago on worldview, and we said either there is a God or there's not a God. That's the reality of life, right? Either we have a worldview of theism, that there is a God, or atheism that there's not a God or maybe agnosticism, we don't know. 
we believe that there is a creator or we believe we just simply evolved. We're just a higher view of an animal. This is the starting point, and it leads to two different worldviews, which lead to two different conclusions. Different decisions, different results, different actions and values and passions, and different eternities. In this series, we're going to talk about, is there a correct religion? Just think of the songs we just sang. Uh, it was very uh, clear that Jesus is God and he's the only Savior, right? There's no other. We were just singing about that. The world doesn't like that message. Is there a correct religion? Are we born gay? Is abortion just another form of birth control? Do we believe in limited government? Uh, do, do we have an understanding of what God wants us to do with child training or racism or marriage in the family? And our beliefs in these areas tend to be compounded by the people we're around, the social media that we look at, the environments, the atmosphere that is around us. If everyone has the same views, the same ethnicity, the same politics, the same education, or even the same religion, we all look at it from the same perspective. And when someone else comes to a different conclusion, we look at that and like, what are they, an idiot or something? How stupid could they be to come to that conclusion? And we come to that idea believing that if everybody just had the facts that I had, that everybody would come to the same conclusion. But they do not because we have different starting points. So when it comes to this idea of world view, it's not that the other side has a lack of education, a lack of intelligence, or even a lack of caring. You see, we want to put up the straw man and say these are wicked people on the other side, but it can be they just don't have the right starting point. And if you have the right starting point, praise God, let's try to help other people instead of beating other people up. Let me give you one of the best examples that I can think of when it comes to this idea of worldview and what I would say is a wrong worldview. One of the most beautiful songs. I love the harmony. I love the spirit of this song. John Lennon wrote Imagine, right? You know that song, Imagine? If you ever listen to the words of that song? He basically says, just imagine, Imagine for a minute if we could get rid of eternity. Remember he said there's no heaven or no hell. Get rid of governments. There's no nation around. Get rid of classes. We just all come from the same uh, economic status, our potential, our power, our authority. Everybody's on the same level. There's another word for this. It's called socialism, right? If we could all be on the same level, and it actually makes a lot of sense if you come from a worldview where this ideology would come from. John Lennon concludes, he says, then we'll just all live as one. If we could just all be at the same level, we're not going to fight anymore because we're all the same. And if we're all the same, then everything's just going to be Okay. That is a secular worldview. It says the problem is not the people, the problem are systems, the problem is culture, the problem is society. But it comes from an ideology that is apart from God. We teach here, in the beginning, God. 
And in this study, our focus is going to be from Genesis 1 through 3, so I encourage you to read it several times during this study, and we're going to look at what uh, God and man, uh, how they relate and what the Bible says about them. But this is the foundation of the Hebrew Scriptures. The Hebrew Scriptures begin like this, in the beginning, God. And the New Testament, having the foundation of the Old Testament, has the same conclusion that there is a God. The Jews had this perspective that God created man, that man was placed in a garden, that he had a decision to make. They could either eat of that tree or not eat of that tree. And if they ate of, so there's good and evil. If they ate of that tree, there were consequences. So there is righteousness and justice in this world. Psalm 89 verse 14 says this. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. He's talking to God. If you want to know what the foundation of God is, we see it in the book of Genesis uh, in chapters 1 through 3. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. God is a God of justice. God is a God of righteousness. He placed man in the garden. He said, there is a right and there is a wrong. Here is a tree. Don't eat of that tree, but you can do anything else that you want to do. And so what did mankind want to do? I recall when my uh, kids were young, and uh, one day we visited a home that had a set of stairs. So I took one of my young children over to that set of stairs, and I said, no, no, no. I didn't want him to go up that stairs. And uh, so... I went on, and, and that was a terrible mistake. Do you know why? Probably if I'd have never mentioned the stairs, they wouldn't have paid any attention. But I, I brought that to their attention and said, no, 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 don't get on those stairs. You know what they wanted to do the whole night? They wanted to get on the stairs, right? Why? Because there's something that is within us. God said no to one thing. What is the one thing Adam and Eve wanted to do? Well, they wanted to eat of that fruit. And justice came about. They died. We see this in Genesis. There were a group of Gentiles in Rome. Paul went to preach the gospel to them. They didn't know the Old Testament. So guess where he began? In Romans 1, if you'll read that chapter, he began with creation. When they saw God, they could know God, they glorified him not as God. They rejected, they reje resisted the truth. And because of that, we see the sinful lifestyle that came about in Romans 1. You see, we start at creation. Apostle Paul in Acts 17 went to a group of idolaters. They, they wanted to get it right. They were very pluralistic. They said, every God is good. And they had statues and idols all around. And they even had one that said, to the unknown God. In case they missed one of the gods, they would have said, well, I got one here for you. And Paul saw that image and he said, let me tell you about the God that you don't know. Do you know where he started? He started at creation. There is a God that created you, and everywhere you move, that God is there. That's the starting point that we must get to. So in Psalm 8, the verse that we just read a few minutes ago, Psalm 8, verse 4 says, what is man? But before that, I want you to look at verse 3. Psalm 8, 3 says this. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, 
the moon and the stars which you have ordained. And if you look at the top of this psalm, it says it's a psalm of David. I don't know if this is what happened, but I just kind of picture this. That David the shepherd boy as a teenager, as he would watch over the sheep, some nights he would spend outdoors with them. The beautiful carpet of darkness would come up. Those little pin lights would start coming out. And he saw the vastness of creation. I mean, he cannot see what we see today and, and all the, the uh, uh, distant uh, acts of creation that uh, we've seen. David couldn't even see that, but he's like, man, when I see nature, I see God. There must be a God. When I consider your heavens, can you just see him laying back at night just thinking, wow, this is awesome. How big God must be. The work of your fingers, everything he saw just came into being as he spoke it. And he just pictured his fingers bringing them to existence. The moon and the stars which you have ordained, they have a plan. They have a system as they go through the sky each night. God planned that. And when he looked up, then he looked within in verse 4. And he makes this humbling statement what is man? Just think, even just within this one solar system, how vast it really is. Last night I watched as uh, the SpaceX uh, craft came back to Earth and just think, wow, how amazing. But that wasn't even going to the moon, wasn't even going to the next planet the intelligence that man has is incredible, but when compared to God, what is man? Who are we? It's a very humbling statement that he says. And he makes an amazing statement. What is man that you are mindful of him, that you pay attention to man? You are mindful. God has all the stars, all the planets, all the angelic beings around him, they're worshiping him, but he pays attention to you and I. As we just sang, oh, how he loves me. Do you ever feel lonely or distant from God? Just back up and see his creation. Just real, he knows me. From the very moment of conception, God laid out a plan. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And it goes on, and the son of man that you would visit him. It seems this is more prophetic, the idea of visit, uh, of making a personal relationship, a, a personal visit here. Jesus coming to the world and saying, come follow me. Then dying on a cross that you and I could have the forgiveness of sins in eternal life. What is man? Why would God... Do that for us. It's a very humbling statement. With seven billion people in the world and the solar system and beyond, that there is a God that loves each one of us personally. What is man? Well, man is someone that God is mindful of and that he visits us. He wants a personal relationship with you and I. 
that we can get into God's word and he speaks to us personally. That we go throughout life and, and the Holy Spirit wants to be our guide. He wants us to walk along beside of him. So 2,000 years ago, Jesus visited this world. He lived a sinless life because you and I could not do that. He said, no man takes my life, but I offer it up freely. And he went to the cross. And he died and was buried. But he didn't stay dead. He resurrected three days later. Ascended to heaven. And he's waiting for you and I to call upon him for salvation. Has there been that point in your life that you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior? Not just that there's a God. I mean, that's what we're talking about today. God generically doesn't save. God saves in the person of Jesus Christ. There is no other name we just saying. What is that name? It's Jesus. It comes from Acts chapter 4. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. No other religion. Not a generic God, but a personal Jesus Christ that came to this world that he visited us. Not because we are so good, but in spite of ourselves. That's the God that loves us. That is what salvation is. Salvation is being saved from eternity separated from this holy, righteous God. He is righteous and just. That's the foundation. Sin must be paid for. It has consequences. We couldn't pay for it, so Jesus came to the world, and he died in our place. And all we have to do is accept him. That is our salvation. And if you've already been saved, Christian, do you have a biblical worldview? Are you in your Bible? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you faithful to church? Are you getting connected in a small group? Do you have spiritual relationships around you? Do you use the uh, abilities that God has given to you to go out into the community and to share our faith and to be a witness? You see, those that have different political views, those that have different spiritual views, they're not our enemies. They very well could just be someone that has a wrong perspective, a wrong worldview. And it starts with God. And it leads to Jesus Christ being our Savior. People having different lifestyles are not our enemy. They just don't know the God of the Bible. And it's our job. Remember, the truth sets us free. So let's give truth to the world around us. Let's live truth in our daily life. Let's let the Holy Spirit guide us into all truth, that we would be the men and women that God would have us to. Let's have the marriages. Let's have the children that we bring up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, the teenagers that we just prayed over, our young adults, uh, everybody within our church going out to the community around us, sharing our faith with the world. So here's my question for you today. Do you have a biblical worldview? Now, if you turn the news on and you're in agreement with it, whether it's CNN or Fox, if you're always in agreement with it, let me say the concern is I probably don't have a biblical worldview. God's perspective is much, much higher than any political party. God's perspective is greater than any man-made religion. It's the scriptures, beginning with, in the beginning, 
God. If you're watching this online, let me just encourage you to bow your heads and also in this room just for a minute. I know we started this morning with prayer. Let's conclude. Just a self-analysis. Think about it. Do I view this world from the perspective of God, a theistic worldview, or of man, a humanistic worldview? That's what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks. What is man? It's a very humbling statement, but he goes on to say that God is mindful of us and he visits us. And even later in this passage, he says that he's given dominion to us. Are we stepping out? in what God's given to us. Just with your heads bowed, let me ask you, do you know that you're going to heaven the moment that you die, you breathe your last breath on this earth? Your body's going to the ground, but what about the real you? Your spirit, your soul, where will it go? Do you know that you're gonna go to heaven? Call upon her name, dear Jesus, I trust you. I believe you died for me. You were buried and you rose again the third day. And I accept you as my Savior. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. Take me to heaven when I die. Trust him today. And if you've already trusted him, let him transform you. Do I have that biblical worldview? Dear Father, I pray that you would renew our minds today as we read your word, as we study it, as we uh, live in community with our brothers and sisters in Christ. God, even during this series, renew our minds, transform our lives. Lord, we say, what is man that you are mindful of us? We don't understand it. We cannot comprehend it but we accept it, that you love us. Thank you for that love. Thank you that we could sing about that love, that we can experience that love today. And God, I pray as we leave here today that that love would transform us, the way we live and the way we relate to others and you. In Jesus' name, let's stand for this last song.